You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. This show is sponsored by Kingdom Builders Live. I want to tell you about Tamara Lowe and Kingdom Builders Academy because I did something very unusual. I actually went to them and asked them to sponsor this podcast. The reason I did that is because of the amazing results that they've been getting for everyday Christians over the last five years, turning them into best-selling authors, high-ticket coaches, and successful public speakers. If you're looking to make your first 100K as a writer, speaker, coach, or online entrepreneur, I give my highest recommendation to Tamara Lowe and Kingdom Builders Academy. I've personally gone through her training and I hired her to be my coach to help me get to the next level in my business. Now, Tamara Lowe is a New York Times bestselling author and has worked with world leaders like George Bush, Billy Graham, Colin Powell, Mother Teresa, Peyton Manning, and many more. She is recognized as the number one expert in teaching Christians how to increase their income, impact, and influence. Now, coming up very soon, Tamara is putting on a free three-day live online event called Kingdom Builders Live that will show you how to go from zero to six figures in as little as 12 weeks as an author, speaker, coach, or online entrepreneur. You can get all the details and register for free at www.kingdombuildersevent.com. And when you use that link to register for free, Tamara has even agreed to send you a free copy of her best-selling book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your God-Given Purpose. This is something she is doing exclusively for my listeners of this show. So register now for Kingdom Builders Live and get a free copy of Tamara Lowe's book at kingdombuildersevent.com. Listen, if you've ever wanted to write best-selling books, impact lives as a public speaker, launch your own coaching program, create online courses, or start an online business, then your next best step is to register for Kingdom Builders Live, a free three-day live online event. You could grab your free ticket now 
and get a free copy of Tamara's book at kingdombuildersevent.com. That's kingdombuildersevent.com. And now on to today's show. Today, my featured guest is Cade Joyner. Now, Cade, as a proud Georgia native, the highlight of his career has been founding, growing, and advising more than a dozen different businesses in his home state. One year after earning a BBA in marketing from the University of Georgia in 2001, Cade Joyner founded ShredX Secure Document Destruction, which is now the largest independent shredding company in the Southeast. I've seen it here in Tampa, Florida. He's built a Goliath of a company here. He is also a strategic partner at Brookwell Capital, uh, raising private capital for businesses across the country and sits on the board of several startups around the state. Kate resides in Brookhaven with his wife, Katie, and two sons, Kate Jr. and Walker. Now, you can find Kate Joyner at brookwellcapital.com. That's brookwellcapital.com. Kate Joyner, welcome for uh, welcome to your first 100K podcast, top 100 podcast on iTunes in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and uh, just take about 60 seconds. Fill in the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, thank you, Joseph, first of all, for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you and your listeners today. Well, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I've got the most wonderful wife and, and two young boys you could ever ask for. Uh, I started my first business right out of college. Uh, I was 22 years old. And, you know, we're talking about in the pre-interview. I, I didn't, I don't know if it was just me being naive about how easy it was to start a business or, or what, but I, I took the plunge very early uh, and created a great business. And, uh, and part of that along the way has been meeting wonderful people and getting them involved. Uh, as I've grown the business, I've been able to step away from it and get involved with other things from a charitable standpoint. I serve on you know, several boards here in Georgia. I'm on the uh, University System of Georgia Board of Regents as I serve as vice chair, which is over the entire 26 public institutions in the state of Georgia. Uh, I'm involved with the National Federation of Independent Businesses here in Georgia. I chair that. We've got 8,000 member businesses in all 159 counties. And, uh, and spend a lot of time with my family. Uh, I've been able to sort of have a lifestyle by design, which is, you know, getting the kids up every day, taking them to school, playing with them in the afternoon. And I love it. I've just got a wonderful life. I'm truly blessed. Amen to that. Go ahead, take uh, a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll take you back to the very beginning of, of the business and share a story with you. Uh, about my faith and how that's, you know, helped grow the business. Uh, first of all, I graduated from college in 2000, right after the 2000 elections and had an opportunity to go to Washington, D.C., uh, right after George W. Bush was elected to the White House. It was my dream job. I had always wanted to go into politics and had, had a grandfather that served in the Georgia General Assembly. And when the opportunity came up, uh, I loaded up my Honda Civic and I went straight to Washington, D.C. I thought I had uh, the biggest opportunity in, on the planet. And uh, it's funny in life when you sometimes when you ask for something that uh, you realize you don't want it later. And that's sort of what happened with me. I was up there living a, a great life, but I was not a happy person and uh, was traveling a lot. I'm, I'm a guy that was raised in the sunshine of Georgia. I love the warm weather and college football and sweet tea. And I couldn't get a whole lot of any of that up in Washington, D.C. So uh, I remember one morning it was uh, well, I'll take you back a little further. Even I used to go to Annapolis, Maryland and read, uh, you know, on the weekends. It was a huge Barnes and Noble back then. And I uh, would go and read. And I, I came up with a book one afternoon. Uh, it was a summary from Entrepreneur Magazine for the previous year. And there was a highlight in there uh, with a guy named Greg Brophy. 
who started a company called Shreddit International in Ontario. So I, I saw this and I said, this is an amazing idea. So I, I got a napkin out of the cafe and I had a pen and I started scrolling out notes. I didn't buy the book. I just scrolled out notes and I took that napkin back to my apartment and I typed up a little business plan and uh, to create a shredding company in Atlanta. And I put it in my desk drawer and, and kind of forgot about it, Joseph, to be quite honest with you. And, uh, you know, one morning I had just had a particularly bad couple of days prior and it was freezing cold. I'm shivering on the metro, driving and riding into work on the train. And uh, I just said a prayer. I said, you know, Lord, I need you to give me some guidance. I need you to give me a sign on what to do with the rest of my life. So I'm saying this and I'm riding the huge escalator to the top of Capital South Metro stop in Washington. And guess what was sitting at the top of the metro uh, at the escalator, Joseph? I'll never believe this. I'm going to guess a, a shredding truck. machine or something. Yes, it was one of Greg Brothy's shredding trucks. No and way. And I said, wow, Lord, I mean, I asked for a sign and yeah, there, there it is. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a stubborn guy. And obviously, I think the Lord knows that about me. So sometimes he has to buy billboards and he bought a really big one that day to, <laughs> to point me in that direction. So I remember very clearly, I walked back to my office and took off my overcoat and I called my dad and I said, dad, I'm. I'm coming back to Georgia and I'm going to start a shredding company. He said, what in the heck is a shredding company? And I so explained it to him. And uh, he said, are you sure you want to do this? He said, you're, you're living your, you know, your dream. You're, you're up in DC, you know, you're, you're going to the white house, you're going to the RNC for meetings, you're doing all these things you've always wanted to do. And I said, God, you know, I've never been more certain of anything in my life. And uh, I came home, bought a house and started a business, at, you know, within a few months of that and uh, have never looked back. Okay, so let me jump in right there. Here's what I'm hearing you say. And, and Startup Nation, like listen closely because I think you could connect with Cade. What do you do next when your dream job has become your nightmare? <laughs> right? And, and sometimes we find ourselves in that position, don't we? We, yeah. we chase the dream and we realize this isn't what I want to do. It was the illusion of grandeur. It, it, it didn't... Once I got into it, it doesn't look like what I imagined. Right. Now I want out. Like, what's that next step? So Cade, you know, he took his faith seriously and he put a, he sent a prayer up and, and asked for a sign. And there it was at the top of an escalator. So if you find yourself uh, in your own career right now, some of you are still working jobs and nine to fives. And maybe you started out and you thought it was the dream job. And now you're looking at it and you're like, this is terrible. Like it's sucking the life out of me. I feel miserable. So Kate, here's my question to you is why did you not plan your exit slowly? Because it sounds financially irresponsible just to drop everything and call dad and say, that's it. I'm out. I'm moving back. And then yeah. just buy a home, which is even more financially <laughs> irresponsible decision when you just, uh, you know, liquidated your income source. W what made you decide to do that and think that was actually a good idea? You know, it wasn't that I, that I absolutely hated it. I like some of the people I work with. It just wasn't home. And I'm, I'm one of these guys that feel, has to feel at home uh, to be productive. And that was one of the main decisions uh, I made. I just could see myself long term there and not being happy. And it, it just, to me, looked like the right decision. And maybe it was because I was 22, 23 and didn't have a whole lot of life experience. I had a little savings in the bank, which I put into the business. And, you know, I was willing to move home. I was willing to take a risk. And, you know, I remember talking to mentors and mentors have always been a big theme in my life. The people who have, you know, 20, 15, 10 years ahead of me. 
And uh, I remember they all kind of said the same thing and they said, you're young. And if you fail, you know, you can always start over again. And uh, so I, I just pulled the bandaid off and I said, worst case scenario, I'll, I'll, I'll go get a job somewhere else. I'm a newly minted college graduate. You know, I'll, I'll do something different, but I don't want to wake up one day when I'm retired and say, man, I should have taken that chance. I would have rather know and fail than to never, you know, even try in the first place. Got it. So you move back home to Georgia, you buy a house, right? Which takes a lot of investment right there. So I'm guessing you, you had no savings left at this point. Is that correct? Or did you still very have little, some money? Very, very little. It was, it was, and I did live with my parents for a little while just to get started and okay. get the business going. And, um, the first... So take, take us through year one. How did you get yeah. it up and running? How did you bring this new concept, which sounded like a foreign concept of shredding, a shredding company to Georgia where nobody knows what the heck is shredding? Why do I need shredding? Right. Like, how did you introduce that? Because I did that with the co-working uh, business model, co-working mm -hmm. spaces here in Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. And I remember people looked at me like I had 16 heads when I spoke about co-working. And right. they had no idea what it was. So how did you introduce it? How did you market it to your local community? How did you get the word out and hit your first $100,000 in revenue? It was a lot of hard work. Uh, I'm not going to shortchange that in the least bit. It was a lot of shoe leather and a lot of doors that got slammed in my face. I can remember the first 90 days were the hardest of anything. Probably the hardest 90 days of my life. I can remember I was in my childhood bedroom, you know, it's one night and I had a particular bad day. I remember, I remember I drove down to Thomaston, Georgia and knocked on doors all day and got 50 no's. Uh, and I was in my childhood bedroom and flipping around the TV and came across uh, a, ch a co local cable access channel, uh, Eagles Way Church in Griffin, Georgia. And there was a pastor on there named Vernon Goss. And he said, you know, he had a message that day about time being an important uh, piece of the success equation. And I thought to myself, and, and the, the, he further went on to say, effort does not always get you there, but time and effort can equal success. And man, that hit me right in the heart. Uh, it was what I needed to hear. And I remember that just reinvigorated me. And, you know, it was a lot of education. Like you said, people didn't understand shredding. They were throwing stuff in the dumpsters. They didn't understand, you know, this was 20 years ago. Now it's, you know, front of mind for a lot of business executives. But back then people would dump it or they'd burn it in the trash can or they would, you know, they had other ways to get rid of this stuff. So there was an education process that was going, you know, around and teaching people about it. But, uh, and it was persistence, man. I mean, like, I can't tell you in life and in business and everything, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to get hit in the mouth. It's going to happen. It just prepare for it and get up when you do. And that, that's a lesson that I learned countless times. I mean, like I said, I gave up that secure job. I gave up that secure paycheck, but I was willing to work hard and I was willing to sacrifice to get there. And we just kept building and building and building. And it just kept getting a little bit better every day. And that, that's how I, you know, govern my own life. I look to ways to constantly improve just to get a slightly better every single day, whether it's from communication or whether it's, you know, from reading a different book or different things, but, you know, we were able to build on it and then we were able to put together an amazing team. I've been able the, one of the tremendous blessings of this whole thing is I've been able to get to work with my dad. Uh, he was coming out of the textile industry, which is in, in the Southeastern United States. A lot of those jobs have left about that same very time and uh, being able to have him there. And, and, and he's of course a mentor to me as well during that process. And then later we, we brought in my uncle to help run the operations of the business. And uh, that has been such a tremendous blessing. I mean, I, to me, you know, that has probably been the primary thing is being able to work with them. And, and also the, the people that are our employees are like our family members. We have virtually no turnover uh, because we treat people the way we want to be treated. 
And, uh, you know, I, I've been in most of their homes that know their family, their children, and, you know, we make an investment in them and they make an investment in us. So I, I think it's, but to answer your question in short, it's been a lot of work, <laughs> but I've enjoyed every minute of it. Startup Nation, I hope you're taking notes right now. Kid Joyner is sharing how he made his first $100,000 in his multi-million dollar uh, now business. And it looked like a lot of effort and time. I remember when I started this podcast and my other podcasts as well, um, I had read some of the stats for podcast host and how long does it take? Like, what am I in for? How long do I need to commit before I see success in the podcasting space? And I remember the statistic was about three years was the, the line that I needed to cross um, where the, a podcast will gain traction and, and get that bigger audience. Um, and I was like, three years. Wow. That's, do I really want to do this for three years? And, and when I finally got to the answer, yes, I do. Um, then it was, okay, how do I create a business model around this uh, or even a workflow process around this where I actually enjoy what I'm doing for three years so that I don't quit, I don't give up. And I remember I, I audit, started automating everything right out the gate so that it wouldn't be stupid simple for me to continue for that long haul of three years that I was in for. And it worked. And it worked. So Startup Nation, whatever you're in right now, whichever business you're doing, Kate is sharing with you, yeah, you're applying effort, but are you giving it enough time? Uh Right? You got to, it's when they both come together, right? And what is it in your industry? Like, look at the companies in your industry that have had the biggest successes. Is there a possibility for you to reach out to to one of those owners or founders and, and ask, hey, how long did it take? You know, what am I in for? How, how long? And, and kind of gauge it that way. Anything you want to add to that, kid? Yeah, and I think part of it is too is, you know, we always say learn to love the grind. Business is a grind. It is a day-to-day, one foot in front of another. And I'm a guy that likes to see big movement. I like to see the needle move. And it took me, you know, kind of changing my perspective uh, about the needle's not going to move every day. And it's not always going to move forward. You know, progression's not linear all the time. But it, it's learning to love processes. And like you said, making it enjoyable is so important. Uh, if you hate it, then you're not going to put your full heart in it. You're not going to be devoted to it. And you're going to go nowhere with it. But it's learning to love the grind and improving. Always constantly seek ways to get better. Even if it's just a tiny little bit, uh, it will help you in the long run if you look at it and you do it every day over the course of your career. So that'd be my only other piece of advice is embrace the grind. Don't run from it. And I think you'll see a lot better results. I really uh, don't want to ignore what you just brought up. And it was a secret gem, Startup Nation, that like you put in, you put in the time for sure. And you put in the processes, um, but you really just got to like, you got to have the mentorship around you. You, you. you must ask others that are, have gone there before you, that are a few X's past you. Like, how do I do this? What did you do? What worked? What didn't work? And then moving the needle. Here's the gem. Moving the needle sometimes will look like revenue. Sometimes it will look like uh, new, new clients coming on board or, the, or your product gets better. You make improvements in the product. But sometimes it's hidden moving the needle. It's inside of you. The needle moved inside of you. You learned something through that painful experience. You grew 
through through whatever you know adversity that you're in right now. So that was a mistake I made. I only looked for uh, moving the needle as financial gain. I didn't look at uh, the gain that was happening within me, the growth that was happening within me as moving the needle as well. Can right. you speak to that at all? Absolutely. It, it's not always going to be visible, but if you can put one foot in front of each another every single day, and you can consistently do that over time, you can affect change in a positive manner. But it goes back to what we talked about earlier. You've got to be committed to that. You can't be halfway committed. You can't stick your toe in the water. You got to be committed to giving, getting better. And that's a lifestyle choice. I mean, that's in everything. And once that starts happening, you'll start looking at every area of your life. How can I be a better parent? How can I get in better shape? How can I, you know, be a better teammate if you play sports? Or how can I be a better member of this board? I mean, it affects you in every way. And it just becomes a way to think about things. But like you said, mentors are so important. I would encourage everybody to find a mentor in your industry. You would be very surprised. People are always intimidated to want to reach up and out. But, you know, most people that have had a level of success in this country have had mentors. So they understand the process and they're willing to give of their time. Um, I'm always when, when people reach out to me, especially students with my involvement with the Board of Regents, I love having that chat because I have been there. I have been exactly where they are and I know what it what has taken me. And if I could cut a little bit of time off their journey by sharing them some of my mistakes and experiences, then to me, that's a great use of my time and resources. Excellent. Let's shift the conversation just for a moment here. What I have seen is that Startup Nation, most entrepreneurs, we all struggle with marketing our business, marketing our product, marketing ourselves. Marketing seems to be the biggest issue, in my opinion. Sales is an issue for a lot of people that they just act shy about you know, their own confidence, et cetera. But marketing, getting the word out, making irresistible offers, irresistible um, messaging and copy uh, that attract people. Now, you had to educate a, a market on a completely new product. That takes a lot. Um, to do, what were the what are your top three tips or strategies uh, for my listener right now to market their business, especially um, if they have a product that they need to educate the consumers on first before they could get the sale? Right. Number one is research. I mean, you have to research your marketplace, and that doesn't mean talking to just end users. That means talking to everybody. What we were able to see in our space in particular, there was dominated by two or three very large companies, but their service was terrible. They provided very poor customer service. So we knew a key differentiator there would be to put the customer first. And that came from research. That didn't come from, you know, anything other than talking to hundreds of potential users. We talked to, you know, former competitors who had sold their businesses. We talked to a lot of people before we were able to come up with those conclusions. So first of all, do the research. To think outside the box, creative ways to market. I was just having a conversation earlier this morning about how television advertising has become less and less effective with Netflix and some other, you know, at home apps that people fast forward through the commercials. They don't watch it. So you've got to think of creative ways uh, to educate your end users. So think outside of the box. Don't get stuck, you know, riding the, the same old ways of marketing. Uh, that what was what was effective, you know, five years ago is not effective. Now, really, what was effective six months ago may not be effective now. So stay on top of the trends. And the, the third thing would be just continually educate yourself and grow. Uh, look for resources. Every industry and niche has resources, websites, 
you know, masterminds, get involved with those where you can bounce ideas off of each other, find mentors and have conversations with, uh, with people that actually know what's going on in your specific industry. Excellent. There you have it. Startup nation, research, your own product, uh, research, your industry, research, your competitors, what's working for them. Where are they missing the mark? Where's that opportunity for you to differentiate yourself in a very big, powerful way. Number two, come up with creative ways to market. Don't use what all your competitors, uh, just did three months ago. It's already old news. People already have disconnected from that. So always be at the front creative ways. And then number three, continually educate yourself and grow. Uh, mentors are a great way to do that. I know I've had mentors um, just like Kate has that were always 10, 15, 20 years ahead of me uh, in business. I was always surrounded by white hair wisdom, I call it, right? And that, that worked for me. That helped me early on when I was 20 and, and starting my business out. So I hope that works for you. Cade, I'm going to ask you to go into number two there, creative ways to market. What were one, two, or three really awesome creative ways that you marketed uh, shred your shredding business? Well, my background, my, my job in Washington was I wrote copy for fundraising. So I understood how the mail worked. Now, this was, mind you, 20-something years ago. So we're in a lot different environment. So, you know, early on, we used a lot of postcard mailings. Uh, you know, to get to get out there and, 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 and bought really good lists. We, we sort of define what a customer looked like. I think that's very important. You need an avatar of what your end user is going to look like. And we knew who we were marketing to and we knew what we were marketing to. There's that famous Ray Kroc story about, you know, what business are you in? I'm in real estate. I don't sell hamburgers. You know, we're in the business with shredding of selling convenience and compliance. We're complying, helping people comply with the law and we're helping it make it easy to comply with the law and convenience. So we had to determine those few things. So in the beginning, it was a lot of direct mail. We've done a lot more digital uh, and face-to-face -face as of recently. Uh, but once you sort of kind of build that customer base and you show them a lot of love and support and do exactly what you say you're going to do over time, they come back to you. So a lot of our business currently is repeat people. Even, even folks we did business for 10 and 15 years ago, they remember how positive that experience was. And that's what we want them to remember. People, when choosing a provider in any good or service, they often go with a path of least resistance. So if they had a good, positive experience and they remember it, you know, I had to have a tree removed recently and had one removed four or five years ago. I called the same guy because he did a great job and his follow-up was awesome. I didn't want to go to the you know internet and do a Yelp search and find out. I, I knew you know John who owned the tree service down the street would do a great job, and I called him again. And so it's developing those relationships. There's no marketing technique that can that can surpass that, and that is human to human contact, adding value in every transaction. That's what we saw lacking was there was not a lot of value. It was very watered down from our competitors. It was very cold. Um, you know, and, and we wanted to change that. We wanted to flip that on its head. And that, that's what we've done. And, uh, and, and again, like, like I said, they've come back and again and again. And then as people have moved to other jobs, they've brought us into, you know, other businesses and it's just fed off itself. But, you know, you can market all day long and you can maybe get the customer to make the first purchase. But unless you fulfill that duty of good service, you're never going to hear from them again. And it, let me tell you guys, it is a lot cheaper to keep your current customer base than it is to find new ones. Mm. Now, Startup Nation, Kay just gave a bonus tip and strategy, I believe, which is create the easiest path of resistance for your customer. Make sure that your product or service is the easiest way in your industry for your client, your customer to get the result that they're looking for. 
If you can do that, man, they're going to go with you every single time. Absolutely. Kate, thank you for that. That was a great sure. uh, insight there. All right. We're speaking with Kate Joyner. You can find him at brookwellcapital.com, brookwellcapital.com. He founded uh, ShredX, largest uh, you know shredding company in the Southeast. This guy's a, a business badass. Um, he's done it. And look, he's a humble guy. He's just like you and I, right? He's no different. If he can do it, you can do it. So keep pushing, put in the time, continue the effort. Um, but you got to wait. You got to wait. You know, for all my Bible folks out there, it says, wait patiently on the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently on the Lord. It says it twice, right? And that's one of the most difficult things for us little control freaks in business to do is to wait patiently for the results to happen. So, Cade, welcome to my favorite part of of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Controlling my own time. Got it. What's your least favorite thing? Uh, Time away from my family sometimes. Yeah, got that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? How to balance raising two boys and and having a wonderful life and still being successful in business and finding ways to give back. Yeah. Balancing business and home life, right? Absolutely. Uh, What are you most afraid of? Um, I think ultimately it's probably letting my family down. Um, you know, I have had a, such a supportive network all along and I just, you know, it means the world to me to hear my dad and mom say today, we're proud of you, son. And that, that means more than anything. Mm, so good. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Uh, worrying about worrying what about COVID, about COVID and how that was going to affect things. I, I, my wife and I had a great conversation one day in our den and uh, when the boys were taking a nap and uh, she said, you know, you've got to, you've got to look forward and you th- there's advantages in this and you just got to figure it out. But in the first couple of months, I was worried about my business. I was worried about my employees. I was worried about the, the economy. And uh, when I stopped worrying, things got a heck of a lot better. If you had to do uh, this past year over again, would you have worried as much? No way. I would have just, I wish my wife would have had that same conversation with me <laughs> earlier. She's my biggest cheerleader. She's a great sounding board and she's a very wise person. I really outkick my coverage when I married her. <laughs> there you go. Startup Nation, there you have it. If you're worrying right now or stuck in worry, stop. It's useless. It doesn't help you. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, about people? You know, I'm an introvert. So I, I, I worry about, you know, if people will notice that and, uh, you know, with what I do outside of business and in business in general, engaging is such an important part of it. I've had to take that and put it to the side. And uh, but I will tell you this, quite honestly, I'm exhausted after a day of, uh, of being out and having lunches and dinners and networking. But that's just part of it. Yeah, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? To always ask for help when you need it, especially from people that are further ahead than you are. I think there's a there's a you know a lot of people that think that people won't take the time to talk with you. I've never had anybody tell me that. And furthermore, I've never told anybody. No, I'm always wanting to have a conversation. Uh, I think finding those people along the way make the journey a lot better, richer, and easier. Got it. All you men out there, ask for help, darn it. You don't have it all figured out. None of us do. What's a new habit you want to create in your life? Uh, I have really gotten into to walking in the mornings. I absolutely love it. And it, the exercise is awesome, but it's having that time in nature, being able to breathe, 
you know, being outside, getting sunshine, man, that has been a major, major change. I used to go to the gym, you know, every few days, but that walk every day when I'm able to in the rain, it's not raining has, uh, has been something that I want to do the rest of my life. It's been very transformative. I challenge you the next time it rains, just put down the umbrella and just go out and let it fall. It's so invigorating. It's fantastic. It reminds you of being a kid. Yeah, absolutely. What's a bad habit you want to break? Oh man, I, I've consistently bitten my nails since I was a kid and uh, I've got to stop doing that. I, I'm better than I used to be with it, but I'll catch myself, especially when I get a little nervous to, to go back to chewing on my nails. So I've, I've got to do better on that. What is that about, man? What do you I don't know, man. That's just one of those nervous habits, I guess. Wow. Got it. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, energetic, passionate, and loving. Nice. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in your business. Um, tired, um, unsettled, and um, probably a little agitated. <laughs> got it. And last question. If you could come back to life, Cade, after you died, look your family and friends, your wife, your two boys in the eye, and give them only one piece of, of advice about everything, about life, what would you say to them? Be true to who you are, love your family, and take chances in life. Man, so clear and concise. Well done. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year? There are probably people out there who are sitting on the fence who wonder what if. Take a chance, take a measured risk, uh, move forward work on self-improvement, get better, surround yourself with positive people. I can't tell you enough. Positive people and mentors is the secret to moving ahead in business. Be around people that, that, that you want to emulate. Uh, somebody always once told me, never take advice from anybody you wouldn't want to trade places with. And uh, I, I think I've done that in business. I've gotten advice from plenty of people I would trade places with. So that's what I'll leave you with. Fantastic. And what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you, with what you're up to? Uh, what do you got for them? Yeah, great. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. It's just Cade Joyner. I think I'm the only Cade Joyner in the United States, so it should be pretty easy to find. Uh, BrookwellCapital.com. I've got a great experience with uh, a mentor of mine, Billy Lovett, who's been in the, the, the lending business for you know 40 plus years. We do bridge loans to small businesses between one to $10 million. We also work with a, a group that does SBA and USDA loans. Uh, so we both have built businesses. We know what it's like to be in a crunch when you're growing really quickly. Uh, and we like to add value from a perspective of how can we help you with your business, either it's through relationships or mentoring. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a dream job for me. I've enjoyed working with Billy. We've got another partner down in Valdosta, Georgia, who's a venture capitalist named Trey Taylor. And getting to go to work with those guys is a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, that, that's the easiest way. We'd love to help add value. And if it's something we can't do, we'll definitely point you in the right direction. We try to do that with everyone we speak with. So real quick, are you still investing in small businesses right now during COVID? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are a lot of great sites out there that allow for small investments, that allow for revenue share. Um, you know, we there was a slowdown, of course, with the, with the federal money that came in for, for small business needs, but it's back. Um, there's always going to be needs for equipment. Uh, there's always going to be needs for growth capital. And, uh, you know, dealing with some of these federal projects like uh, USDA or SBA loans can be slow. And we know that. And we've got, you know, uh, people that want to help you with bridge loans to get you there till you can get a USDA or an SBA loan. So, yes, absolutely. We never really slowed down with that. Uh, we saw it as a good opportunity for some sectors and uh, have continued making investments there. Startup Nation, if you need that extra capital right now just to buy you more time, more growth, go to brookwellcapital.com. If you like Cade and you really resonated with his message, reach out to him. 
Uh, you can find him at Cade Joyner on LinkedIn. And uh, Cade Joyner, thank you for being on your first 100K podcast. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.